Welcome to the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. So I know when it comes to Christianity, there are a lot of different misconceptions. I mean, there are a lot of ways that Christianity is viewed that I think even you and I as Christians ourselves probably wish that that wasn't the case. Uh, So we actually had a chance to sit down today and we were just kind of looking through some of the common misconceptions that people have about Christianity. And first of all, I didn't even know some of them, uh, but we picked out some that I thought it would be really cool to kind of talk about and talk through. And uh, I think some of them, in fact, there e- there's even some truth to to some part of the Christian faith. Uh, but we're just going to go and jump in. So the first one, Christianity is a list of rules. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, what you said just a second ago is, um, you know, uh, stereotypes, there's usually a hint of truth somewhere in those. Uh, and... Um, there are a lot of stereotypes about Christians, particularly that one probably being uh, um, the biggest, that yeah. Christianity is just a list of rules, and probably because we as Christians are very proud of our Ten Commandments. Yeah. Um, the Ten Commandments, you know, get posted in every home, every school, every Christian school, uh, well, some public schools, uh, yeah. every church, um, a lot of times in uh, courthouses, um, you know, official government buildings, uh, we have... Uh, it's not a theme park. What's that place in like, is it North Carolina where they have like the Ten Commandments, like just like a huge version of them on the side of this hill that this guy like concreted into the side of a hill. Um, yeah. So yeah, we Christians, we love our Ten Commandments. And it's funny because uh, I feel like the Ten Commandments for me were best explained by my kids, like uh, children's Bible book. Yeah. Um, basically talking about how these list of rules were not necessarily uh, a list of things for uh, the Israelites to do, which is, you know, when they were created, uh, Moses basically um, was called up on uh, Mount uh, Sinai, about said Mount Ararat. Um, <laughs> and, uh, that was Noah. Yeah, God uh, wrote down these uh, Ten Commandments, and Moses took them back to his people uh, to basically show them the expectations um, that God had for them in order to be perfect and get into heaven. And it was more of, a, uh, I guess, a show to the Israelites that, hey, these are what it takes to be perfect, and unfortunately, you will never by yourself be able to live up and follow these rules. Um, you need a Savior. Uh, and so I think that's kind of missing from our explanation with all these Ten Commandments. I don't know why everyone just kind of has them on T-shirts and keychains and right. courthouse walls, but um, yeah, that that was something that I think was explained to me a little bit better. And you know, it's just the rules just seem to to be uh, easy things to look at. I don't know. Yeah, I have a professor in one of the classes I took in seminary, and he specifically talking about the Ten Commandments said the Ten Commandments are just a list of rules. However, what you have to look at is what comes before the Ten Commandments, and that is God saying. I am the Lord your God, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. And I think that's the the thing that we miss, because you're right. Sometimes there is that, that, that little bit of truth that comes from it, because a lot of times we miss out on that relationship that all of the quote-unquote rules come from. Uh, and so I, I got to thinking about kind of in our relationships in life, like we have certain quote-unquote rules that we have to follow. For example, I was thinking about, and probably because I'm about to get married, But in a marriage relationship, if I wanted to, I could come up with a list of rules 
when it comes to marriage. For example, as a husband, like don't fornicate now, around. Uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> no longer do you know you you have to protect your your wife. Uh, you have to care for her by you know providing for her with your money and, and you know working in that way. And there's just a lot of different things that we could come up with a full list of. In this relationship, I now have this set of rules, but I don't in any way think, okay, I'm about to get married, and that means right down the I rules. have a, you're right, yeah. I'd like oh now I have a bunch of rules I have to follow, yeah. and you know no more fun. But instead, it's like okay, because actually, if you're about to get married, there's a lot of fun coming your way. <laughs> so that's a whole nother whole nother podcast. Well, but but seriously, you know, because because I love my soon-to-be wife, and I assume because you love your wife, there are certain things that we do, and I think one of those things is like. I am committing to, and I'm excited to commit to protect my future wife with my life, not because that's a rule I have to follow, but because of the relationship that I have with her. You know, growing up, it's uh, it's easier to teach kids rules um, and guidelines to follow um, because they're at that, at that they're at that age where um, you have to tell them why to everything. You have to tell right. them no, and so it's easier to say. Well, no, because uh, you can't go into the road because you're going to get hit by a car. Um, and so don't go into the road. That's now a rule. Um, you know, and, and that's just the kind of, you know, black and white type stuff that we have. But with, Which those are needed sometimes. Right. But, you know, uh, that extends a lot when kids are growing up in their faith um, to their faith. And I think that's unfortunate. But, uh, again, if we focus on um, our love for God and our love for others— uh, those relationships actually uh, develop, um, I guess, sort of uh, heartfelt guidelines that yeah. keep us from doing the things that we shouldn't be doing. Which, by the way, it, you can actually split the Ten Commandments up in that way, and you can say love God, and I think it's the first six commandments, or no, first four commandments kind of show that, and I think the last six show loving others. And that's mm-hmm. why when you know the Pharisees asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He said, love God and love others. And you know, ultimately, I love how Jesus brought it back to not a list of rules, but he actually brought it back to, to two important relationships. Yep. So, yeah, definitely sometimes we can see the the rules coming out, but it's kind of, you know, being based in that relationship. So here's another one. Jesus will fix all of our problems. Amen. The end. The end. Um, well, I guess eventually in the end. That's um, true. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, good grief. Uh, life has problems. Um, that's going to be the truth no matter who you are, where you are. Um, whether you are super rich, famous, um, or, you know, uh, struggling with, uh, you know, paycheck to paycheck, or if you're a Christian, if you're a Buddhist, if you're not sure there is a God, whatever. Life has problems. Um, that's because we live in a, (laughs) in a world where, Bad things happen, sin has happened, and it's not perfect. Uh, so imagine that. When you're living in an imperfect world, imperfect things happen. Um, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's uh, the cool thing about, uh, you know, the promises that we have. Um, again, for some reason, I, I guess, like, I've been reading a lot more uh, in the past uh, 48 hours, like this past weekend, yeah. in my child's Bible, <laughs> uh, <laughs> because uh, we had some conversations there. But... Um, <laughs> Don't lie. We know that's what you read that's, all the time. It's my favorite. It really is. The illustrations are spot on. Um, and it's not white Jesus. Uh, but uh, Which is another misconception. Right, I, I know. A lot I know. Of, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's why I mentioned that. Um, but, uh, 
there, there's a, a scripture passage, which I'm not going to be able to quote, but basically uh, it talks about how everything will be even better for having been so bad, um, that Jesus will somehow make all sad things become untrue, um, which I'm not even sure exactly what that word means without Googling it, but uh, untrue, uh, that's a good one for you. Um, so I don't know exactly uh, how that's all going to happen, but the fact that we live in a, a sinful, fallen world and things get screwed up and messed up, um, it affects Christians. Yeah, no doubt. And I think this is one misconception that I can actually say is true, but only in the end. And that is that, yeah. you know, Jesus has, prom- you know, a lot of the problems in the world are caused because of the things that we've done wrong. And, uh, you know, even from the sin that entered the world in the beginning. And and God set in motion this plan to fix all those things. But in this life, that's not always the case, uh, depending on what you mean by fix things. And that is that sometimes Jesus fixes things in a way that we wouldn't expect. And so, uh, you know, so I've, I've heard people, you know, talk about praying before. And it's like, well, I prayed for my father to be healed from this illness and and he wasn't jesus didn't answer my prayer and then the question is like well actually jesus didn't answer your prayer the way that you wanted him to answer your prayer and so and sometimes there's just natural consequences because we live in a ordered natural world so i mean if if you decide to stick your hand too far into a wood chipper um the natural consequence is is that you're going to lose your hand and uh it's going to hurt like crap and you know, uh, you're going to have to somehow collect your wedding ring on the other side of the wood chipper in right. the pile of wood chips. Um, and so you can pray in that situation, you know, and saying, God, please bring my hand back. And I can only imagine God's up there going, well, idiot, don't put your hand yeah, in a wood chipper. Um, you know, you kind of deserve that. So, yeah, there's natural consequences. And then uh, there's a natural order to our world where yeah. things are going to play out, you know, like God has yeah. ordained them to. Um, well, and sometimes, you know, even on top of that, there are things that happen uh, that, you know, God uses in a certain way. So, for example, the Apostle Paul, he struggled, and we don't exactly know what it is, but with something he called a thorn in his flesh. And it was a weakness that he had that, you know, he wanted this problem fixed. There's no doubt about that. He prayed about it a lot and asked God to take it away from him. But, you know, God didn't take that away from him. And ultimately, it kind of showed his weakness and showed him how to to boast in Christ and not in himself. Yeah. And you even look at Jesus's life. I mean, Jesus, the, the one who was perfect, came to this earth. And, you know, Jesus had a lot of problems in this world, too. People, some of the people that he was around being some of the biggest ones. So sometimes God doesn't fix all your problems. Uh, and there are a lot of different reasons and discussions about that that probably could be a whole another podcast. Uh, but I guess the encouraging thing is really and truly, I still want to go back to like, I, I think that's true in the long run. God is going to fix all of our problems through Jesus, uh, which is really cool. Yeah. There is still pain on this earth. Though. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. All right. One more. Christians all believe the same thing. Yes. Not really. Kind of. Yes. Um, no, I think uh, uh, anytime you hang out with a group, and by group I mean two, three yeah. Christians, you're going to find um, there's different uh, ideas about way things should be done, uh, about things that were done, things that should be done. Um, I mean, we're people. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, uh, preferences when it comes to everything. And uh, I, I found this awesome thing a long time ago from uh, 
Plano Bible Chapel, uh, a uh, church in Texas that just, I thought, summed it up so well between um, like biblical convictions and like personal preferences, you know, things that are like personally subjective and, and things that are like biblically objective. And uh, it, it's pretty amazing because, you know, everyone has these type of uh, essential personally subjective things we need to figure out. Like you need to figure out, you know, your language, uh, you know, uh, are you for dancing or against dancing? Um, what are your thoughts on education? You know, like public, private, home. Um, those are like personal convictions, things that you have to figure out as you approach your life. Um, but you have these essential biblical convictions that I think we kind of find all across Christianity, things like the Trinity, um, you know, is Jesus who he says he is? Is he God and is he human? Um, you know, the total depravity of man. You know, we're, we're sinful creatures, uh, but God is holy. You know, so substitutionary atonement, all these essential biblical convictions. But then you've got like non-essential biblical beliefs, things like creation. Was it in six days or six ages? Was it evolution? Um, you know, biblical interpretation, is it literal, is it figurative, is it mystical? Um, those are things that are big deals, but I'm going to step on some toes. They're not essential, you know? It, it really doesn't matter how God created the world. Um, he did. It really doesn't matter, um, you know, the role of women in the church. Um, you know, is it uh, women's, you know, ministry? Is it deaconess? Is it possible to be a pastor? Those things aren't essential to being a Christian. Yeah. And that, there's some people who might cringe on that, but uh, again, if, if anyone wants it, I've got this great explainer from the Bible, Plano Bible Chapel, that really shows some, some awesome stuff that lays that out really clearly and soundly and biblically. Yeah, if you think all Christians agree, then I challenge you to do a one-month internship at any church, and I promise you'll yeah. find out just from being on staff at a church, people don't agree. In fact, even, uh, first of all, among churches in themselves, you'll see yeah. not everybody there agrees. On top of that, there are, uh, and I read this from uh, an article from uh, com. they said there are 33,000 different denominations of Christianity. I think we've got seven just here at Partnership Christian Media. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, so. though, that's the thing about it is there are people here that I don't agree with everything, and the, I don't, I don't want to paint this picture that we so disagree as Christians that we're not united because the thing is, just like you said, we have so many different denominations here, and I have people that I don't agree with everything that they believe here, but you know what? We agree on those things that you call essential. Mm-hmm. And the important thing is, I actually enjoy hearing some of their different opinions sometimes. And, you know, especially people who have studied it and can challenge the way that I think about it and uh, can still be in fellowship with each other. And so, yes, there is some division among different beliefs, and we don't all believe the same thing. And maybe you've heard, you know, about Christians and their hateful speech before. Well, you know, some of us don't actually believe in some of the same way that they're, they're being hateful and, and probably wish sometimes we weren't characterized in that way. Uh, and, and, you know, there are other things that other ways we can learn from each other because we don't believe the same thing. Yeah, uh, I think that's the biggest thing is like there's a lot of uh, tribalism uh, these days, I feel like, in the world. And uh, people like to 
just hang out with the people that believe everything that they believe. And first of yep. all, it's going to be really hard to find that anywhere. Um, but I feel like we're challenged by things that are a little bit different than us, whether it's, you know, personal preferences or biblical beliefs. We're challenged by those things, and those things really help us to uh, research the opposing viewpoint and research our own viewpoint. And we either come to a better understanding of what we believe and what we're convicted about, or um, maybe we come to a better understanding about what God says about the the, the subject or the the nature of that conversation, um, thanks to the viewpoint of someone else. This has been the Hope Talk Podcast, sponsored by Come On, Let's Go. To find out more, visit comeonletsgo.com. 